I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Progressive Britain podcast. This is a podcast with the opinion that progressive politics can change the world. I'm your host, Hannah Shah, and I'm joined by my colleague, Stephanie Lloyd, to discuss the news of the week. Now, as always, we're recording in the podcast bunker, which is a beautiful little bunker in Westminster, on the day of the Peterborough by-election. So we don't have any incisive results analysis, but we do, drumroll please, have some predictions. So, Steph, looking into your crystal ball, what do you think we can expect to see from today's vote? Oh, I love a bit of predictions in politics these days. It always works out so well for the people that do it. <laughs> also, I love that you described this as a beautiful bunker. It is, it's in not, fact, it's horrible. basically a storage cupboard in our offices that is full of chairs and other assorted empty boxes of things. So, yeah, thrilling and glamorous as always. Um, so, Peterborough, what do we think is likely to happen? I think it is... It, the polling's quite tight. I think we are likely to see the Brexit party do very, very well. Some are even predicting that this could be the first uh, parliamentary seat that they win. And I think there is certainly a solid chance of that. I think when we look at why Labour could be losing the seat, I think it's probably far more yeah, it's important to look at that. And I think one of the biggest reasons for this will be our inconsistency over Brexit and our inability to take a stand and an actual position on something can get off of the fence. We saw it <laughs> in the council elections and the local elections. We then saw it in the European elections and I wouldn't be even slightly surprised. And, you know, obviously you've been, you've been up on the doors yourself, Hannah, in terms of knocking on that and talking to yeah. voters it is an issue that comes up time and time again in terms of either people want Brexit or they want it to be solved, but they want us to at least know where we stand on that. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when you look at situations like this, when we are losing votes quite so substantially and hemorrhaging in the way that we are, if I'm quite honest, and it's very difficult to say, but I, I think we deserve it as a party in lots of ways, because as we say, that that inability to show any leadership over what is the biggest political issue of the time, and also then if you look at the kind of previous candidate and why they had to stand down, I mean, <laughs> being sent, your candidate previously being sent to prison isn't isn't the best look for a political party. And then voting in Parliament with an electronic tag, which is a first. It is a first. And, you know, there are many firsts that we have in Parliament that we've celebrated. I'm not sure that one was particularly celebrated <laughs> in the same way. Um, but also then when you look at the kind of anti-Semitism crisis that's been sweeping the party, uh, the kind of cover-ups that you've been seeing from the leadership or reported cover-ups that you've been seeing when it comes to sexual harassment scandals. Yeah. You know, this stuff does slowly but surely seep through to people and it makes them think that 
you aren't a party that one both deserves or has the ability to govern a country. And I think it is so terrifying that that is the case when you see just how much every other bit of politics is currently crumbling and how we really don't have the ability to kind of capitalise on that in any way, shape or form. So I think it will be an interesting one to see. The results will be coming through. You'll have them by the time you're listening to this lovely podcast. We don't have them already. They'll be coming through Thursday night. So yeah, it will be an interesting one to watch and see what happens. Yeah, and I think one really interesting thing about that, I know we discussed this from the European elections, is a significant shift away from like that Labour-Tory axis to a sort of Brexit party live Dem axis. And I was having a chat to someone last night and they um, sent me an advert which the Brexit party had done, which was essentially um, a split down the middle. Like, if you don't want Brexit, vote Lib Dem. If you want Brexit, vote for the Brexit party. And obviously they know that Peterborough and the constituency was 60% leave. And they're basically trying to, it's a very sort of clever way to do politics is remove Labour and the Tories from the equation all together really and make this entirely about Brexit well, rather than a, local services or our national health service or anything like that. Well exactly it's a very it's a very simple kind of politics in one way that makes it very effective but it is also a very dangerous kind of oversimplification oversimplification of politics because as you say this person isn't it isn't the European elections is not you know they're not even members of the European Parliament these people aren't just going to be talking about Brexit. No. They are going to and be voting. Not. Well, you know, but I mean, mostly no one talks about anything currently <sighs> is the problem because there's such a paralysis in Parliament. Yeah. But at some point they will have to be voting on quite substantial issues that are not Brexit. And there needs to be a real kind of examination of what do those candidates think on those issues? How would they fall, as you say, on things like the NHS, but not just that, on social care, on education, mm. on the future of the economy and tax rates, on... Uh, what kind of foreign policy should we be having? And, you know, the Brexit party is a party who didn't even bother to put up a manifesto. No. And they're the kind of party who have been pumping out, you know, their successful MEP candidates like Anne Widdicombe, who have been saying that, you know, gay people are wrong and we should be having a scientific cure for, for gay people and that should Christ. be happening soon. And Nigel Farage, as the leader of the party, kind of backed her up on that and was like, well, we don't really have a position on these things. So... This is why this stuff matters, because it isn't just about Brexit and what we do. They are also a member of parliament and they will have a vote and a say on all of the issues of which affect parliament and and the country as a whole. So I do think it's a very dangerous trend. And as we say, we're seeing this real creep in of the kind of far right into our politics yeah, and this absolutely. real normalisation of far-right politics and, and, and how that should play out in our kind of national discourse. So, of course, Brexit is going to dominate the agenda of the summer and also will be key at Labour Party conference. So uh, I know we've been discussing a lot about what the leadership's position on Brexit is. We saw uh, Rebecca Long-Bailey switch in for Emily Thornbury at Prime Minister's Questions a little bit. Oh, Emily Thornbury will be at D-Day um, and she'll be all involved in that. And then actually someone saw her walking around Portcullis House during PMQs. So I don't think that was the case. No, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it was an interesting and I think, to be fair, quite unsurprising move from the leadership there to put Rebecca Long-Bailey in instead of Emily Thornbury. Clearly, if you are far too critical of the leadership, you then don't get to sub in for the leadership, which, to be <laughs> fair, in, in one hand makes quite a lot of sense, but is very clear in terms of where the leadership still are when it comes to Brexit and their position and their inability to really want to actually fulfil the rest of the conference policy, which is moving towards that confirmatory vote. And as you say, the, the leadership have been very, very clear 
that their position is going is not going to be changing till at least a Labour Party conference, which for those of you that don't know, and uh, that is fair and probably a much better life to lead, um, that is in the end of September. So that is where last time there was that very long drawn out process of how we got to the kind of iterations of the current policy of the party. Um, and there will, I can only imagine it will be kind of front and centre of Labour Party conference again Absolutely. this year. Um, and that's why it's really, really important that people go. So people know obviously about the kind of Labour Say campaign that we've been mm. running and actually it's so important. And, and yesterday, uh, well, yes, yes. Technically, it was yesterday. Uh, Henna, you sent out an email I did. Um, to everybody on the mailing list. What, what did it say? Um, it said, one, uh, you should stand to come to conference as a conference delegate if you can. And two, if you can't do that, you should pass a motion through your constituency Labour Party. That should say uh, that the Labour Party should back a confirmatory public vote. Yeah. So the reason why that stuff's really important is because, you know, it's these, these decisions are made by the people that turn up and overwhelmingly conference floor last year we saw it when Keir Starmer said how Remain should be on the ballot and we should have a second referendum and he got a standing ovation which I think surprised Mm. even him just how kind of pro-European the Labour Party membership really are and that's why if there is any way that the the leadership are going to try and wiggle out of this it will be by trying to do some form of fudge at Labour Party conference which is why the Labour campaign Labour say campaign is running this kind of motions drive very similar to what we had to do last year which is about putting a motion through your CLP and making sure and you can do it now and do it as soon as possible um, in making sure that that motion goes to party conference and Absolutely. says what we need to be is utterly unequivocal now we need to come off of the fence we need this long drawn out position to end and we need to get to a point where we have uh, a public vote that goes back to the people on whether or not the Brexit deal should go through in and of itself and remain should be on the ballot paper. So as Hannah said, if you are not a delegate already, uh, you actually just get a lovely week by the seaside. So there are worse things. And it's really good fun. And as we say, democracy is is done by those people who show up. So make sure you get your motions in and your delegate nominations in as soon as possible. And, and you then let also us know. Tell us. Yes, then mm. tell us so we can help and support you through the process. Fantastic. Um, In other news, the Tory leadership election is kicking off. Now, we've had the uh, One Nation Tory caucus hustings this week, uh, which interestingly were closed door to journalists. So the first lot were chaired by Katie Balls of The Spectator and the second lot by uh, Matt Ford. It seems like there's been a bit of a race to the bottom with the contenders. Do you agree, Steph? I don't think it's utterly unsurprising at all. That there's a race to the bottom in terms of uh, the Tory party leadership. I think the, the, there's some interesting stuff that's coming out of this. We've seen Rory Stewart and his one-man Instagram band and Twitter Hashtag band. Hashtag Rory Wolf. Um, but to be fair, Fantastic. what he's managed to do is actually really capture a mood of people out there who want to actually start having discussions about one, something other than Brexit Mm. and the really major public policy issues that are affecting the country at the moment. And two, someone who isn't doing just that big set piece speech or the kind of flashy video in terms of how that works. They want to see someone just walking around doing something that they could, to be fair, quite frankly, see themselves doing or someone coming up to them on the street and asking them a question. And I think it's quite interesting. He, Rory Stewart did the Times Redbox podcast with Matt Chorley. And they went for a little walk around St. James's Park, which is what Matt Chorley likes to do when he does his little walkabout podcasts. 
And uh, Rory Stewart was talking about how lots of the other leadership contenders are courting the big newspapers and all the kind of traditional mm. uh, support that you would expect from this contestant, uh, from this kind of contest. And actually what he was saying is, well, you know, I went to the Telegraph. They weren't particularly interested in my piece on social care and how that could work. So instead I did a video and two million people, you know, a lot, I think it was like half a million people saw it. And he was like, that's more than they have some over for their subscriptions. <laughs> so, you know, I think he's he's certainly bringing something very different to the Tory party race, although bear in mind, you know, still an old Etonian boy. So how how different he is uh, and his experiences is, is, is certainly not up for debate. He's not different at all, but the kind of way that he's running this campaign and, and the, the kind of issues he's trying to talk about and really moving yeah. out beyond that base is quite interesting. Yeah. It's You've something got... we haven't seen from the Tories for a while, is it? No, not at all. And I think, you know, it is one of those things where he talks about how he's basically the Trump of the anti-Trump in that sense. So <laughs> he uses social media and he uses new mm. media in order to be able to connect with people, but he wants to do it for... Uh, different motives from from Trump and not talk about kind of that fake news profile and, you know, just just slagging people off and making politics a very aggressive place to be. He wants to to use social media in order to broaden out a debate that people aren't particularly participating in. So mm. that's really interesting. You've obviously got Boris still very much at the forefront there um, of the contest. You've got Michael Gove and Jeremy Hunt, again, still kind of much closer to the pack. And I think we'll see quite a few people drop out and start backing particularly Boris and Michael Gove. I mean, we've got 14 people who have declared so far, two yeah. people who have already pulled out. <laughs> um, but it's quite surprising. There were lots of names who we haven't really seen you haven't actually seen announced yet who we would have thought people like Pretty Patel, people like Penny Mordaunt. But I think, you know, it's getting very late in the game now when people are already dropping out, mm. having declared for them to not really throw their hat in the ring. So if they're going to do that, I think they're going to have to do it very quickly. And also, obviously, they've changed the rules of the contest after the contest started, which is a slightly bizarre way. But uh, but that is what they've done. So, you know, you've got to get more nominations in order to get through the ballots and also the thresholds that you've got to meet in terms of the way the voting system works for the Tory leadership on each of those ballots have been increased. And I think basically it's a way to be able to cut down and shorten the time limit yeah, which uh, is for obviously... the leadership contest. Because when you've got that many people running and the system of which they use, they are going to have to do that. And obviously that's very important because it's Theresa May's last official day today, or today is the day, 7th of June, that she resigns. It is indeed. It is indeed. Um, obviously this week she's had a... Big week. Um, what do you think of her performance with the, the Donald Trump? I mean, it was a bit bizarre. The whole thing was a bit bizarre. Nobody really wanted it. Everybody just kind of proclaimed that that had to therefore happen and we had to have this state visit. I felt mostly sorry for the Queen who had to spend any time with Donald Trump. I don't know what she'd ever done to deserve that after that many years of service. Um, but it was a bit odd. You know, Donald Trump wasn't quite as sensational as many people thought he was. We were watching the press conference thinking, oh my God, what's he going to say next? Um, but actually, I mean, that was a man who was very vehemently told to stick to script. Um, but, you know, I think it was pathetic that, to be fair, there was a state visit allowed for him even in and of itself. And particularly, you think, before he'd even touched down uh, on the tarmac in Stansted, he was tweeting about the London Mayor Sadiq Khan and how awful he was. Mm. And to be fair, when Theresa May was asked a question on that, she at no point decided to back the kind of London Mayor and how that worked. No. She decided to kind of go all in on him. And <laughs> I think it's it's a real testament to the Tory party at the moment. It's just, there's nothing really there. There's no ideas. I mean, you know, we talk about the kind of leadership context. We saw Dominic Raab yesterday say he'd quite happily consider proroguing Parliament um, if at some point it tried to block a no deal. Which I mean, is... 
Yeah. This is this is a group of people who say that we cannot have a second referendum because it would be undemocratic. But the idea that we can suspend the democracy of this country for the will of one man and one subsection of the Conservative Party is apparently entirely acceptable. So I think it kind of sums it all up, really. I think they are totally lost. I think they have no ability to govern the country anymore. And they are pandering to the extremes on all senses to try and get a sense of legitimacy back. No, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Um, On that cheery note then, I think we should probably wrap up. We've got a really exciting podcast for you on Monday where we'll obviously analyse those Peterborough results to death. Might have our first Brexit party MP. Aren't we excited? No. No. There we go. Well, on yeah, that note of excitement, we will see you on Tuesday. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Have a nice weekend. You've been listening to the Progressive Britain podcast. The music was One in the West by Blue Dot Sessions, licensed under Creative Commons, and many thanks for our fantastic and long-suffering producer, Caroline Crampton. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.